listening to the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. Welcome to the My Pet Podcast. I'm Beck, and I'm joined by the our resident vet, Dr. Glenn. Hello, everyone. Today, I guess we're going to get in touch with a little bit of maybe another doom and gloom sort of question, but it's a bit tricky. So basically, I want to ask is what I'm feeding my pet going to kill him? Yes, a little bit morbid and maybe a little bit concerning, but... Preferably not. Yes, yes. that's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess as pet owners, um, the vast majority are only ever trying to do the right thing by our pet and we're trying to look after and we're trying to care for them as best as possible. Absolutely. And sometimes, unfortunately, some things that we might be doing might actually be causing them some harm. So... Recently, we've seen in the news a bit of reports about um, some dog food that's caused quite a dangerous disease, uh, illness, I guess. Absolutely. Um, potentially fatal, yes. Potentially fatal. It's called megaesophagus. Mm-hmm. Now, you may never have heard of the word beforehand, but basically it is a disease that's uh, – it causes the esophagus to become – Enlarged or swollen and stops food getting to the stomach? Yeah, is that correct? Di- dilated, not so much swollen, yep. but like the esophagus is, a, is the food pipe that goes from the mouth to the stomach essentially yep. and it's got to contract in a sequential fashion to um, push the get food, food down. down from the yep. mouth to the stomach. Yep. Um, and if it loses its muscular control for whatever reason, um, it can dilate and just enlarge, basically get bigger mm-hmm. and, and food can just stay in there and not end up getting down in the stomach and cause all sorts of troubles. Um, so like chokes them almost? Oh, it chokes them or they just can't eat or they yep. just regurgitate, like it just sits there for a bit and then it comes back up again. Okay. Um, so it presents in a couple of different ways. But, yeah, megaesophagus, it's, it's, um, it stops food from getting where it's supposed to go, which is a bad thing, that's for sure. I mean, it's probably a fairly rare thing. I've never seen it and really I hadn't heard much about it until recently. Yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's always out there as a potential diagnosis, yep. but certainly, I mean, this um, problem came as a, as a cluster problem yes, um, and did. that's where it sort of came to light. The... the there was a group of uh, police dogs in um, Victoria yep. that were getting fed this food, which was advanced dermacare. Yep. It was um, a food that was hypoallergenic um, and designed to um, prevent and treat skin conditions in mm-hmm. dogs. So um, this gang of police dogs was on mm. it because of probably German Shepherd's predisposition to yeah, skin, um, skin disease, essentially. Yep. Um, and they had a cluster of a number of dogs came down with this disease, megaesophagus, yep. which um, as a single diagnosis, I mean, although it's rare, it's out there, but, you know, the alarm bells got raised because there was this fairly large group of dogs all um, eating the same food, getting mm-hmm. this same um, this same disease. So initially, I mean, they looked at, okay, you know, what's the cause, the cause. of, obviously, um, this and, and that the food sort of became the most common mm. um, common element and then um, having alerted um, local vets and specialists yep. to that, um, there was more and more cases that are coming through. I think there's about 70 cases yeah, now so. um, Australia-wide that have been reported and is that all of them? A bit hard to say. Um, but and so, unfortunately it's fatal in it can be, many yeah. cases. It, 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 seems it, it can be. be and I mean it depends on severity and everything else yep. um, and there's sort of no real treatment for mm. it. You can control medications to try and increase um, smooth muscle contraction mm. and that sort of thing and um, put the little buggers in chairs, um, like yep, feet, feet feeding yep. chairs, so you've got gravity in your favour, mm. essentially, with a little bowl and the head's up higher than that. It's pretty nasty, then. Yeah, really? it's nasty stuff. And, and you know, and that's, if, if there's no contraction of the esophagus, yep. well, um, that isn't going to work So you can't reverse it? Um, well, the damage? 
No. Question mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if you, if you can have them survive for long enough, maybe they will recover yep. um, from the damage and that's what you don't know, but you've got to, you know, it's pretty intensive hospitalisation and, and stomach tubes and all that sort of thing yep. to try and get enough nutrients in them to buy them enough time and um, are they going to recover or not, you don't know and, and – um, yeah, the, the economics and the logistics yeah. of that get, comes into it fairly difficult if they can't get any nutrition in that way. So, Well, I know they've been testing the food and, and for in this case to try and work out what the actual cause of it is. And I've had a look again today to see if there are any more updates, which there isn't. They're covering all bases, I guess. Yeah, and that's the hard part when you've got, um, I mean, it's um, causation, like the mm. – just because they all got the same food doesn't necessarily mean it's the food, but yeah. it's a pretty high indicator that you've got you know a significantly higher proportion yeah. of um, of cases and the, and the dogs are eating the same food. But that doesn't tell you what the cause of the problem is. I mean, it's a specific diet that's um, supposed to be really fed in isolation of other food. So you you feed so you them put them on that diet because you don't want them eating anything else. Essentially, anything else to <laughs> try and um, correct um, or at least prevent their. Um, yeah, the showing signs of, of allergy, whether that yep. was to food or if they were going to have allergies in the first place, um, the food has got, um, you know, omega-3 oils in it mm. and, and different things in it to make the skin less likely to react. But that also means that they're only getting one you know, type of food and one one nutrition, nutrition source. So source. if there's something uh, in that food as in a toxin or something mm-hmm. that's not supposed to be in there or, or is um, inadvertently in there by mistake um, and that's causing the troubles or is it um, a group of nutrients or a single nutrient that isn't in that diet and then that's causing a deficiency somewhere in the system that is causing the mega esophagus and that's what they don't really know and they're trying to find yeah. out. It's a bit like looking for a needle in a haystack. It is. Because, it's really complicated. Yeah, I mean, look, previously fungal toxins have been mm-hmm. associated uh, or implicated in uh, in megaesophagus as a, as a, a nerve toxin. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, fungal toxins are really hard to, to track down. I mean, mm-hmm. there's specific fungal toxins like... Um, uh, aflatoxins and that sort of thing, which yep. which there's specific tests for, but I mean, there's a million different funguses in nature, and and there's no specific test for a million different types of fungus. And is that what's going to be causing the megaesophagus? Um, that's where the the problem lies um, on trying to find out. And there's certainly university involvement um, mm-hmm. and regulatory authority involvement um, trying for this to, case, yeah, yep. trying to ascertain what's going on. And obviously, um, you know, the the company involved um, is making. They're doing large everything efforts they can. to try yeah, and figure seems. out what the hell's going on mm. um, because it's well publicity's um, mm. no good for them either. That's exactly um, right. And I mean they didn't set out to damage pets in any way. Of and not. and um, I mean I think they're offering to pay for um, the um, treatment of medical cases yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah, um, but if your pet's one that's you know, potentially fatally affected, that's um, you know better to have than not have. But it's, it's a very difficult situation. But yeah, it sort of brings to light. You know, we're feeding dogs not, um, you know, dogs aren't going out and selecting their own diets in nature, essentially. So, I mean, they're natural. <laughs> yeah, so, we, so we're, you know, supplying them with their nutritional requirements and um, within that there's always a chance for, for something to go wrong somewhere hmm. in the, in the so pipeline, essentially, in there comes regardless the of what sort of food that you're feeding. Yeah, yeah, so are we putting them at risk? Are we possibly killing our pet by and, what we feed them? And, and look, in this case, it seems that that was hmm. certainly the case, um, not through anyone's design. Not through anyone, yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it could easily potentially have been you know any other brand of food or anything exactly. else that, that was and causing the trouble obviously there's other th- things that could cause the mega esophagus like 
like the fungal toxins and stuff. It didn't necessarily have to come out of the food. That's right. And, so. and I mean, I assume, you know, at the start when it was just the, you know, police dogs that were implicated, I mean, you know, was it, you know, a chemical or something well, they used were, in, in, in their local yeah, environment? That and stuff. that's what they were certainly looking at. Yeah. But then when other cases of um, other pets in different yeah. areas within Australia were, were eating that um, food yeah. and, and coming up with megrosophagus, that, that sort of pointed in that direction. Mm. But, yeah, it's still lots of unknown um, facts there and, yeah. and certainly no answers and, and it may or may not come to light. They're still looking for an answer, but it is, um, yeah, it's a difficult problem as to something that um, unfortunately comes up every now and then. It's mm. not the first time that, you know, a, a pet food has been implicated with causing yeah. troubles, that's for sure. There has been um, some other uh, reports or cases over the years of various different things that have caused, uh, oh, I guess you could guess, call them mass outbreaks or yeah, concerns. Absolutely, so absolutely. I mean, the. the with chicken necks, the polyneuroradiculitis or something. Yeah, polyneuroradiculitis. It's um, like it's a, you know, it's not a pet, like a manufactured pet food, pet food yeah. problem. Um, that no, was, it's just your chicken necks. So. Yeah, just raw chicken necks basically, mm-hmm. and, and lots of people feed raw chicken products yeah. and raw bones of other you know, species um, for mm. dental. Um, yep. Issues and, and part of the, the you know the nutrient requirements of their dogs and cats. Um, the University of um, Melbourne had a paper that they published last year, which um, involved research at some of their local specialists, um, and it um, highlighted that there seemed to be this um, polyridiculoneuritis disease, which mm-hmm. is a, a neurological dysfunction that occurs where dogs sort of get a, a, an ascending paralysis syndrome. Yeah, it affects um, the nerves. Or something. Yeah, it affects yeah. the nerves. Um, and in a retrospective study, there was a um, there's a similar disease in people that has been implicated with a particular type of bacterial toxin uh-huh. in the system that seems to stimulate the nervous system in a inappropriate way. So it's like a bit of an autoimmune um, oh, sort yeah. of response where the body starts attacking itself. Uh-huh. Um, so these researchers um, sort of started to look, okay, is there a link between the cases that we've seen on a yep. referral basis? Because it's not a particularly common um, disease. I've probably seen 12 or 13 cases in, in so my veterinary life in 23 years. It causes um, a full body paralysis, um, or we're full, talking? It can be a full body paralysis. Yep. You know, they can't swallow, can't uh-huh. um, stand, can't move their legs, um, can blink, and if they can't breathe, they die, yep. which doesn't happen that often. Like most pets, given enough hospital care and time, mm-hmm. recover, but it can take, you know, months okay uh, wow. you know, weeks or months and up yep. to six months sort of thing so if you get a pet that's you know paralyzed and you're expressing its bladder and, and mm. can still you know eat after a week or two and you've had it on a, a stomach tube for a week or two giving it nutrients while it's you know hopefully going to spontaneously mm. recover but you never really know um and diagnosis of the problem is difficult because you're going by symptoms and, and a lot of them get treated for tick paralysis if they're in, oh, in the tick area yeah. first um and they just don't get better. Yep. Yep. Um, so it's it's yeah it's a difficult problem, but there seems to be an association with uh, Campylobacter, which is a bacteria that is more common in chicken necks and, and raw chicken products. That seems to sensitise, well, the theory is it sensitises the body's immune system in a way that the body attacks its own nerve. Fibers. So it responds to that bacteria in responds a way. Responds to bacteria, yep. yeah. So it's not a specific infection as mm-hmm. such. So like antibiotics it's a aren't going to kill it and mm-hmm. there's no symptom until the paralysis sort of starts to set in down the mm. track and, and you know maybe the exposure was a week or two earlier or oh, it could no, have been a month yep. or two earlier so which makes um, it very hard to diagnose as well doesn't it absolutely um and it's not all pets that get fed chicken necks mm-hmm. get it and there was something like in the paper i haven't read it for a little while but there was about 40 percent of the um the pets that had the paralysis had been getting fed 
um, chicken necks okay. um, as opposed to like 9% of the general population or something okay. like that. So it was it was an association and, and that's what they were sort of looking for, but it's not all yep. um, patients that get that disease um, definitely got fed chicken necks or mm-hmm. chicken products, so there's still other causes for it. Yeah, so, like all of these things. Yes. So it's really complicated as usual. So <laughs> this problem with chicken necks, I guess, is um, – it's still out there. It's not something that no, it's, is it, going to go it away because it's a bacterial and, response. And it's a hard one because, I mean, I yeah. used to recommend you know, feeding yeah, raw chicken necks and chicken wings um, as common part recommendation, of dental hygiene mm. for you know, little dogs and, mm. and cats. Um, and look, bigger dogs, um, when they're eating chicken necks and chicken wings, they're just sort of swallowing, swallowing them or chewing yeah. them twice. That's so not doing much for their teeth. But, yeah, I used to recommend um, feeding raw, meaty chicken bones mm. um, to pets. I've sort of had to modify that yeah. now to probably not recommend it yep. realistically. Um, so even it, though it, they're saying the necks, it can be in the other body parts, can like the, the other wings? body parts. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe okay. the necks more likely because it just as part of the abattoir process might be oh, more yeah, likely okay. to get gut content spilling onto yep. it, and that's where the bacteria comes from. Um, but it, it can be any yeah, chicken oh, products yep. essentially um, that aren't cooked. So that raw chicken, yeah. just chicken necks are sort of a common one, but chicken yep. wings and chicken drumsticks and chicken frames, you know, they all get they all get fed. Yeah, um, they do. So. Yeah, it's complicated. Yeah, that is really complicated, <laughs> and unfortunately, it is still something that I guess will always be around. I guess, isn't it? Well, absolutely. And, and then you know, they're trying to figure out, you know, is free-range chicken mm. less likely to have that bacteria as yep. opposed to you know, um, industrially farmed chickens? Yep. And, and yeah, it's it's becomes very complicated. But you can't you can't say your dog's not going to get it. And I mean, it's yes. not a common disease. I mean, look, as I said, I've seen twelve or thirteen cases in yep. twenty three years. But um, those twelve or thirteen cases, I mean, some of them were devastating and, and mm. you know, led to euthanasia or yeah. death. Um, and um, yeah, yeah, most of them recovered, but not without significant uh, input from yeah. the, and discomfort for the pets. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's not real nice. So I guess that's definitely one that's oh, in the back of your mind. I guess when yeah, you're feeding it, your pet, it is. It's it's a hard one, but um, but yeah, it's it's, it's got to, you got to take into consideration. Mm, you yeah, do now, now that we know that okay, there's certainly an association there and, and a you know a link that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And of course, it's like the mega esophagus. It's not the only thing that can cause the food isn't the only thing that can cause those absolutely specific diseases. Yep. So there are another of other contributing factors that yep. can bring on those conditions. Yep. Yeah, the so. condition originally was called coonhound paralysis um, from the States. Um, and After the, the raccoons. Yeah, after the dogs that were chasing raccoons um, in uh, in America and, and they'd Again, it's probably to do with the bacteria. Yeah. Um, and has the raccoon got a specific bacteria, or is it just running around in swamps and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. where the um, where the hunting dogs were, were going? Yep. But it's um, you know was reasonably common um, as okay. a, as a syndrome in these hunting dogs, and that's why it, you know was originally caused that. And obviously, yep. there's not many raccoons in Australia, <laughs> so um, that wasn't the cause of the Australian ones. Mm-hmm. But there was, you know, it's the same syndrome. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, you know, there's multiple different causes for it, obviously, which yep. makes it. Complicated. Yeah, it yeah. certainly does. Um, there's another one that I want to talk about that was in the news, I guess, oh, it was like quite a while ago, like 10 years or something. So, um, Malamine crisis that was around in, yeah, 10 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> was it? it was. I think was it was what, 2006, 2007. Yeah. Um, and it was, again, a manufactured pet. Food problem in the states, um, but America, you know, exports. Um, yeah, it was sort of North America and Europe, or something. North America and Europe, um, but the the contamination of melamine, which is like a ceramic powder mm. substance that um, from Chinese origin was getting mm-hmm. substituted in somewhere in the food chain, essentially, yeah. um, probably as a milk replacer mm-hmm. or just something to pad it out to make things cheaper. Yep. Unfortunately, um, and it got into the food chain, uh, into the pet food chain, and has subsequently got into the the baby. Food formula 
food, mm. food chain as well because it's the same substance that was yep. um, the problem in baby formula a couple of years later. It causes kidney failure essentially. Yes. The, the, yep. um, the melamine precipitates out after it's eaten in the mm-hmm. urine and causes yeah kidney failure and, and blockages to the little tubules in the kidney. So there's something like Twenty or thirty thousand yeah, pets pretty think, um, in America died because of it, and, yeah. and obviously a lot more um, were made sick. And it took a while to work out what the yeah. hell was going on, um, and a while to work out you know where it was coming from. So yeah. you know these things can get in the food chain somewhere, um, and it makes life difficult and, yeah. and very unfortunate for everyone. I mean, yeah. I guess thankfully we're not having that issue and haven't had that issue again since. No, it's been so, it's been knocked yeah. over, but you know, there's it's. Um, it's just it's just a difficult topic because there's mm. you know on one end of the spectrum it's um, you know there's obviously lots and lots of manufactured dog foods and there's lots and lots of steps in that and there's yep. you know potentials for um, inadvertent troubles and substitution troubles and that sort of thing in that spectrum um, but then on the other end of the spectrum you can go back to the you know raw food diet and, yeah. and making it yourself Which, and and there's you know potential problems there as well yep. like the um, the paralysis syndrome from the raw from chicken the raw mix chicken. or, you know, um, you know, cats in particular, but you know, dogs as well getting fed um, just raw meat-only diets. Mm-hmm. That's not a balanced diet either. Mm-hmm. You, and and feeding um, a homemade diet is difficult to do you know, by yourself, to cover all the nutritional bases. That's right. Yeah, I cover, mean, cover all the bases. We've, that's when sort of guess talking about the raw diets there's um a couple of other um concerns with those raw diets in that they aren't getting the nutrients from other places those so i know like cats so you mentioned it there is uh there's a vitamin b1 a thiamine deficiency that can happen which yep. is a bit more common in cats but um more dogs common in cats can happen in dogs and again yep. um that's sort of in the raw um raw meat Yes. Problem. Realistically, there's a preservative um, that's used, um, nitrates that are used to preserve um, raw meats that aren't mm-hmm. cooked, um, and a lot of your packaged um, goods that had been used um, mm-hmm. and in some places is still used um, to preserve the meat and yes. that process denatures the vitamin B1 or thiamine so in the diet. basically breaks, breaks it down and therefore it's not available for not, not available them to for absorb. the pets to absorb, yeah. Yep. And then a vitamin B1 deficiency then ends up causing neurological yes. problems and weakness and and various problems mm-hmm. and cats are a little bit more prone just because of their makeup to mm-hmm. that um, because they're a you know, higher meat ingesting mm. um, pet essentially and, um, and that really causes, yeah, some significant neurological problems. Again, it's not a common problem, but there's been outbreaks of that of pets, you know, again, fed, you know, specifically one type of, you know, packaged for raw a meat years. for a number of, well, it's months. Yep. Um, and, and there's been so these cluster outbreaks mm-hmm. of, you know, all these cats getting sick and dying yep. um, on this particular food. Um, so that's a problem. And then, you know, cats in general um, with their um, inability to make one particular amino acid, mm-hmm. um Raw meat again alone isn't a balanced diet for them, okay. and they um, we see cats with um, cardiomyopathy that end up um, mm. dying of heart That's failure. That's heart failure essentially. Yeah, yeah heart mm-hmm. failure because they've been fed just a, an all meat diet, um, yep. and they've got a taurine deficiency. So um, manufactured cat pet foods, um, the taurine deficiency side of things has been known for a long time. So um, cat pet foods have actually got added taurine in it mm-hmm. um, to you know, adjust for that that deficiency problem and, and mm-hmm. stop that from happening. And again, um, that's not added in you know, a lot of raw, oh, raw, raw diet. diet. So yeah. you've got to take that into account as well. Yeah. So just let's complicate things some further. It is yeah. really complicating because, yes, your package, as we said, unfortunately, there's been the packaged foods that have caused issues. Yeah. 
But the packaged foods are trying to be a more balanced, complete diet, aren't yes. they, with these added – everything added in there so that they don't need anything else essentially. Yep. Whereas with if you're just going to feed raw foods, you might be missing out on some of those really essential vitamins and minerals. Yeah, so you might be you know, thinking you're doing the right thing by yes. feeding um, a raw diet, which you can do successfully, but it's more difficult to do successfully, mm-hmm. but it's not without problems on its own. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Of course. Another problem that comes about, I guess, um, with – the raw diets is the um, balance of your calcium and your phosphorus. Yep. So that is a bit more common in puppies, though, with sick. More, more common in, in well, puppies and kittens. Yep. Um, so, yeah, the, I mean, obviously the puppies and, and kittens are developing and growing their skeleton, mm-hmm. so they've got a, a larger um, requirement for skeletal growth, essentially. So, um, again, if you're feeding just muscle, or so mm-hmm. just meat, um, it's quite low in calcium. Yep. Um, so there's a, a, a very much known syndrome in cats, probably more so than dogs, mm-hmm. um, just because cats, again, you know, tend to be just primarily meat eaters, whereas mm-hmm. um, the dogs usually get me you know, a little bit bit more balance and vegetable matter and that sort of thing but yeah if they if they get mostly muscle um, or nearly all muscle and don't get any ground up bones or bones mm-hmm. that you want or other calcium sources they just lay down um, bone that's really really weak weak um, not enough calcium in it and, and it's essentially sort of holy isn't it <laughs> well they're, they're brittle and bendy yeah. and, and they can get these pathological fractures and, mm-hmm. and I've seen you know had I've had patients that you know they come in and, and it's you know, a normal looking, like the cats are still growing, yeah. like they've still got normal muscle mass and everything else, but the skeletons just can't handle the, the workload. They get like a bow in their legs. Or they in their legs yeah. and they can get compression fractures of the spine yeah. and they just come in and they can't walk one day because yeah. they've fractured a vertebrae and, yeah. you know, it's it's really nasty stuff. Um, yeah. Just from doing, you know, just jumping up on the bed and they break a More leg or jump yeah. on the bed and they break the spine. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that's a, a f- more common in puppy problem because it just yep. takes a lot longer to um, degenerate the, the bone. Yep. Um, in an adult dog, essentially, but it's a really big problem. And, and again, you know, before the better formulated pet foods came along in the you know, 60s and 70s, that was a really big problem in veterinary medicine before my time. But um, yeah. but yeah, particularly cats, but dogs as well that were getting just you know a meat diet, um, and they had these. Mm crappy horrible bones and you could hardly see the bones on x-rays compared to their you know the soft tissue around them you yep. x-ray them and wonder if you've taken the right exposure <laughs> because you can't see the skeleton because yep. it's, it's got no minerals in it yeah so the reason that that is important as well there's a really important relationship between your calcium and your phosphorus that's right yeah calcium so, phosphorus ratio um yes and that's where like adding calcium powder to diets um, can actually cause a problem can cause a problem mm. because there's a there's the correct ratio that's right uh-huh. so you know, too little is no good but too much is no good as well because then it counteracts with your phosphorus and yep. you have an issue so, so you've got too much calcium and then you're not absorbing enough phosphorus so yep. um, i mean you can buy various you know calcium powders to add to uh, raw meat diets and, mm-hmm. and you know there was this thing that went around seems to have curtailed a little bit mm. now but like 10 15 years ago if you had a large breed puppy you had to give it calcium calcium so yeah, yeah that was um and that people was, still talk about we get out of oh, often. do we need um, a calcium supplement yep, for our yeah, puppy so you don't if they're on a balanced diet already mm-hmm. and you can unbalance a balanced diet by adding extra yes. calcium in so um more isn't better essentially yes. so yep. that's that's the problem so um yeah if you over supplement with calcium you can cause the same problem um by over supplementing mm-hmm. than not having a, as much as you um, should have in the diet in the first place so again it's complicated so see uh from my point of view it's almost easier to have your puppies on something that's formulated specific 
for that puppy. Oh, look, it's certainly, with, it's certainly, it's easier. It's certainly easier. Yep. Um, and it's highly, highly, highly unlikely that you're going to cause any problems with mm-hmm. a, um, with a good balanced, you know, uh, manufactured pet food. Because you, you, you actually can, have different need food, like say a miniature breed to a big breed like your Great Dane? Uh, to some extent, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's probably not much in it, yeah. um, but there is a different nutritional requirement mm. depending on the breed and activity mm. level and yep. lots of other different things. Um, I mean, look, you can do homemade diets um, for any life stage of pets. Mm-hmm. It's just um, you need to have you know the right advice and the right formulation um, to do it, and, and it's obviously a hell of a lot more complicated. It's not as simple as, okay, here's some, meat, here's some meat, here's some meat, and here's some <laughs> rice, or here's some veggies mm. or pasta or whatever, um, and that's, you know, that's a pretty fair chance that's not a balanced diet yep. um, and that's most important for growing animals as mm. opposed to adult animals. Um, but, you know, both ends of the spectrum, you know, young pets and, and older, older pets, pets. Um, nutrition is extremely important. To maintain, um, maintain so, their health as well. Yeah, I mean, look, be, vi- be guided by your um, veterinary professional, essentially. Definitely if, seek advice on it if yeah, you're not sure. If you're doing homemade diets um, and, I mean, a lot of home, like a balanced homemade diet is probably easiest um, if you're using mostly, you know, raw natural mm-hmm. ingredients with um, – like a concentrate of some sort to, uh, to, to, to balance those nutrients. But again, you've got to have yeah, the right balance in mm-hmm. there. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of products, don't get me wrong, there are a lot of products that are balanced with like the right amount of um, calcium, phosphorus, and vitamins Absolutely. and minerals, yep. which do just involve a scoop a day or whatever yep. on your food. So there are products out there and yep. there's a number of them on our website that you can get um, designed specifically for those people that are – um, feeding raw diets. Yeah, yeah so, to put in, in addition to your, your, what you're making at home, essentially. Yes. Yeah. So there are a number of options there. Yeah. Um, just do some research or talk to your vet and yeah. know what you need, I guess. It might know what you need and just, again, it's hard because, I mean, it's not – there's not one – Super, super pet food that is the mm. ultimate one. This is the one that you should feed, and there's yep. no um, raw diet that this is the only thing that your pet should have. Look, yep. it's probably somewhere in the middle, yeah. um, and it depends on your circumstance and your lifestyle and how much time have you got to you know, mm. make food or not make food. And um, you know, some people are, um, spend their lives looking after their pets and yep. and um, have got you know lots of time to do that, and some people haven't. And and there's um, Probably some counterbalance to, to be in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah you know, I guess on that spectrum you sit. You limit limit the dogs um, to one variety. If you're limiting them to one variety of food, you're taking out those other options where they can source nutrition from. Taking out the other options, but then if you've got three crappy sources of nutrients and you're feeding three yes. crappy sources, that's probably worse True. than feeding one good source. Yes. So yeah, it's it's uh, as usual. It's complicated. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Glenn. Sorry. <laughs> I guess there are a few other things, I guess, that you probably have to be aware of that can be bought on by your food, um, feeding different things to your pets. So a few uh, illnesses, I guess, like pancreatitis, diabetes and things like that. Can- yeah, look, I mean, there's specific problems. I mean, certainly pancreatitis we see commonly. Um, it's usually implicated with a, like a sudden um, higher fatty meal than normal, but a lot of yeah. the time these pets are, uh, tend to be the overweight pets that um, mm-hmm. their pancreas, which is the little organ that secretes insulin on the inside and digestive enzymes um, into the gut. Um, usually the pancreas is getting flogged to death um, yep. with the amount of food, um, the type of food that the pet's getting, mm-hmm. and then um, they get a, you know, a fatty meal that just tips them over the edge sort of thing. Um, so that you know, pancreatitis is certainly a problem with um, food um, of excess calories mm-hmm. and, and excess fat, but just excess calories in general mm-hmm. um, is a big problem because carbohydrate, too much of that's a bad thing as well. Yep. Yeah. So there are, unfortunately, a lot of things to think about, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah as usual. Uh, yes. It's never simple. Thanks, Glenn. <laughs> Any others sort of 
No, I mean, there's a million different things that you can get out of food. I mean, parasites and bacterial infections and, course, and food poisoning from, from you know, inappropriate... Salmonella, um, E. coli. Yeah, salmonella, E. coli, inappropriate um, storage of, of you know, uncooked um, mm-hmm. and unprocessed foods and all that sort of thing. So um, dogs and cats can get it the same as people, can't yeah, they? Absolutely. So, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I got those sausages out three days ago and Yeah, if, if, you, if you wouldn't be happy to cook it for yourself and eat it, I would never advise giving it to your pets. There you go. Um, because, you know, they, yes, eat more muck than you do yep. probably and they've probably got a wider, um, varied range of bacteria in their gut already and that's probably why they um, are more resilient to eating all sorts of muck and, and not getting food poisoning mm-hmm. from it. But, you know, I definitely see pets with food poisoning from, you know, chewing on rotten meaty bones that have been sitting around the yard for oh, a couple yeah. of days or, yeah, the, the steak that was going green that oh, I wasn't going to cook up so I gave to the dogs and then the dog's throwing up two days later um, and it's got diarrhea everywhere. Uh-huh. I mean, that, that definitely happens. Um, and, I mean, dogs being dogs, they'll eat a rotten bit of muck that they can find themselves and, and quite happily give themselves mm. food poisoning from half a dead rat or something like that. It's <laughs> um, true. Worse yeah, it I mean, smells, yeah, the better it tastes. There's a multitude of things that um, you can have problems with with uh-huh. food. So, I mean, really it's just doing your best to have your dog on a – or cat um, – on you know, a good – Balanced diet, um, regardless mm-hmm. of the source of that, and um, and try and feed it as consistently as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's it for it. Your that's advice it. on and, it isn't. And all we can balanced. do is you know if, if you know, and things change. You know, um, nutrition science is always um, growing, growing and changing. Yeah. And um, what was recommended, you know, yeah, 50 years, years ago, ago fifty years ago, I mean that's always changing, and, and the future will change as well. Mm-hmm. And, and fifty years times we'll be going oh, my God, did they really feed that or did they so not true. feed that? Yes. So, I mean, all you can do is, is go by what is the, the best advice at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Which, of course, you can seek from your vet. They're definitely a very good source yep. to ask, but um, other sources like your vet nurses or uh, you can jump online and chat to our guys in um, Vet and Pet Direct through live chat and they're pretty good at knowing what's um, – a good diet for majority of dogs yeah, or at least, cats. At least guide you in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, I guess that's probably all. Just yep. um, a reminder that it's just some general advice and general information and it may or may not be suited for your pet. But please, if you've ever got any health concerns, uh, get in touch with your vet and they will definitely be able to help you. And that's it. I think we've got some information on the uh, Vet and Pet Direct Help Centre and the blog as well just on different um, – feeding information, what you should feed your dog, what you probably shouldn't or how to make a balance. There's a variety of different articles out there. So jump online and have a look. If you've um, got any questions, definitely shoot them through to us. Yep, absolutely. And, I mean, the only thing is there's lots of wrong ways to do it, Mm -hmm. but there's more than one right way as well. That's exactly right. Keep that in mind. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we've been able to help, but maybe we've answered some questions about some questions and and just highlight a few of the things that are out there at the moment. Yeah, exactly. I think that's probably a good thing because many of us are – heard about these things that you know we're killing our dog cat by feeding them a certain thing and it's it's scary yep. and unfortunately the answer to that is that we may be killing a pet by what we feed them occasionally yeah i mean so. obviously yeah it's just um, be mindful of what's out there and um and be guided by your healthcare professional exactly yep. that's all we've got on the topic i guess then all um, good thank you thanks guys bye, bye.